1: This is My Kind of Weird, a podcast where two people swap and pitch three kinds of media, something watchable, something readable, and something listenable, to see if each other says at the end, that's my kind of weird. I'm your host, Anthony Pollock, and joining me today is writer of WWE comic books, Mother Trucker comic books, Big Hype comic books, Beast Strikers, and he also does a bit of news writing at Newsarama and GameSpot, Lan Pits. Hey Anthony, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you too. Are you ready to get weird with me? <laughs> God, I hope so. All right, Land, present your something watchable.
0: So I gave you a Psycho Gore man to watch. Mm. Many moons ago, a nameless evil was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach.
1: Hurry up! If he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. Is that fear I smell? Your planet will be torn to pieces and I will treat your screams as I... Is this yours? Uh, uh,
0: oh my god. The Gem of Paraxedike. Whoever wields it is able to command me. Go over there. And wait for us to come back to the Mars. And for those who don't know, it was a it's a Canadian movie. Uh that's Power Rangers Almost via a trauma lens. And <laughs> <laughs> someone pissed it to me like that, and it was an instant, like, oh, it's great. It's on shutter, it's on it, you can rent it for through Amazon. Perfect. Let's let's do this. And it became Uh, maybe my favorite movie of the year. It's everything I really loved about weird 80s movies um, ranging from you know, it it took things from like, you know Flight to the Navigator, obviously to uh, just level of weirdness of something you'd find from like, even uh, Meet the Feebles. Not to you know, to that sort of level if anyone who's ever seen Meet the Feebles but it's definitely just you know, Toxic Crusader, uh, Searching Kabuki Man, weird, weird shit like that. That was just mm. completely up my alley. Uh, yeah. So, what did you think of it? Having me given this to you, I mean, it's a
1: lot of schlocky horror fun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, schlocky. That's a, that's a good word. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, yeah, it, um, it gave. It gave a lot. I, I liked the the usage of, I mean, Psycho Goreman, the character, or PG for short, as they're, you know, that's kind of the um, propaganda they're giving us all the way through the film. You have to call him PG. Um, uh, which I wondered if that was tongue in cheek because they knew that the film was not going to be rated PG. Um, not at all. But, <laughs> um, but um, he almost reminded me of a comedic gin uh, type character in. Uh, uh, as of uh, thinking of Wishmaster here from the eighties, kind of yeah, remind me of that, or uh, yeah. uh, if like like Pinhead had a stand up routine or something like that, it was very. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is, yeah, he's the gay comedic icon. I think we deserve for twenty twenty one. So
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, definitely the S and M icon of the eighties and nineties. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, it was just everything that I just loved uh those costumes were fun uh Mm. family dynamics Mm. nothing's really resolved like not Mm. you know it's not a it's it's a feel-good movie but not really if you think about how it ends with pg basically destroying the world yeah uh so but yeah that what i love about this movie is kind of like what i like about um kind of movies like uh skull island king kong skull Island. okay yeah it lets you know what it is the same with pacific Rim. it lets you mm. know what it is up front mm. here's what you paid for now mm. we, we're going to tell you what it is and then we're just going to get to it there's no real there's no real build-up it, it's instantly hitting you in the face with it and mm. i love that when when film kind of does that it tells you mm. what it's about, and uh, you can either, you realize you can either, you know, not continue or go forward with it. And obviously, mm. I have uh, gone forward.
1: Mm. Yeah. It definitely wears its heart on its sleeve, I think you mean. Um, yeah. In terms of exactly owning it where it is, it's just the only thing that was missing from. I think the movie poster was "big stupid horror movie" as a quote, um, because it really <laughs> is just a big stupid horror movie. It's um, it's lots of fun. I love the mustache twirly moments of um, PG when he becomes obviously under Mimi's sort of spell because she's the bearer of that jewel. Um, yeah. um, uh, there's even a there's even a moment where between um, Alistair, who shall ever be referred to henceforth as Brain Boy, I think, Um, (laughs) he's just, oh, it's nice to meet you, and he just replies with, it'd be nicer if you were dead, and it's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All this, like, fantastic, like, uh, bad guy, you know, uh, evil doer. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if Emperor Palpatine had be, had become under the spell of, like, a child on Earth, you know what I mean? Just kind of... Almost
0: like an Ewok.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very simple, simplistic nature and goals in life. What does Mimi want to do? Well, mm-hmm. she wants to rule the world and be, like, in a rock band. Okay, well, that's, that's you know, 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. There's mm. no depth into what they want, so yeah, definitely something like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those movies that makes me harken back to those trauma films and to those weird uh, '80s movies, kind of like that. Yeah. It, 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 it's a perfect love letter to those.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've I found it. I tried not to read too much into this film because there's a bit of a narrative going on with that men are lazy and stupid. And can't amount to anything. <laughs> going on. And it kind of continued to resonate through the whole film. Um, as just uh all I could really think of uh was uh what's the the father's name? Actually I have the list here. The father's name, Greg. I just loved him just like copying all the jokes and all the the uh, the humor at his expense and all the pranks <laughs> at his expense as well.
0: <laughs> right, right. I, Greg's a really fun character because he's 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 in it to win it. Like that mm. whole character serves zero purpose aside mm. from maybe minor empathy with Mimi. Like just kind mm. of he knows this kid's a pain in the ass. But yep. he also realizes, well, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? So, um, I don't know. I had a dad like that. <laughs> so just, yeah, you, yeah, he's out of control. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. It's
1: kind of like a, uh, not sure if you're a Rick and Morty fan. Most people are these days. It's hard to find someone who's not. <laughs> What's the father's name? Is it Jerry? in Rick yeah, and Morty? yeah. 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 He's bas- yeah. He's basically, um, jerry imagined as a human um (laughs) uh, i can definitely see um, that yeah yeah i think i'll definitely go back and give this another watch that's for sure it's lots of fun um uh i mean just the the synopsis itself is uh siblings Mimi and luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord i mean the synopsis continues but that's all you need isn't it
0: that's all you need
1: All right, so my something watchable is Black Summer.
0: They don't know what the hell is going on. They don't have a plan for us. Everything is falling apart.
1: Here we gotta make hard decisions, which is a Netflix original series. Now, how did you go with Black Summer Land?
0: So, I was texting you as I was watching it, like, I Mm -hmm. I was texting you as soon as I fired it up, and basically, it took me two days, like a day and a half, to go through everything because I just binged it because I was drawn in. Immediately, like this show yeah. was not something I had even heard of before you recommended it to me. Because huh. Netflix has so many original content, so much shows, so yeah. much, so yeah. it, it, it's gargantuan. It's so voluminous of what they have in their catalog now. It's it's kind of stupid, but I had never yeah. even heard of this show. And I was like, oh, it's just like a, it's this kind of like dark. Is this and so I'm watching it. And about the time, about maybe episode four or something, I take a break and I do my research about it. I never even heard of Z Nation. So oh, really? I was oh, like, is, this a, is, this, is this what Word <laughs> World, <laughs> World Z? No, something mm. completely different off that. So yeah. I had never even heard of Z Nation. I was like, oh man, well, I really love DJ Qual. So I'll check out some mm-hmm. of that real quick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay, now I get it. But, but, Z Nation is a lot more humorous.
1: Oh yeah, big time. It's it, it's um it's basically um the no-frills version of um, Walking Dead with a bit of humor inside right.
0: <laughs> Black Summer, zero comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it takes itself I don't want to say it takes itself way too seriously, but there's moments where I'm like, oh my god, we have like we have lost boys kind of civilization in the school. Uh, mm-hmm. I I, I texted you when I got to the diner episode after I fi- after I finished the diner episode, and that's kind mm-hmm. of what I really want to talk about. What great television was that whole mm-hmm. episode? Mm-hmm. Just the tension builds. They're stuck in the diner. They they start to not trust each other, uh, and because uh, we see William and Son's relationship, like already sort of like can can this work? Can this not work? Uh, yeah. Barbara getting completely fucked over. Um, yeah. uh, Rose, not that better off either, <laughs> um, <laughs> but,
1: oh yeah. Barbara's the one who's God. in the car and she trusts the guy. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the older yeah. lady. Yeah. 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 And so I knew when that situation happened was like, oh man, she's not going to last. And then, you know, William helps her and everything and, uh, all that jazz, but yeah, it's, it's so good because, it's different. It's a completely different structure because you have the episode names and then you have the chapters within the episode. So it almost yes. reads yeah. its very comic book format and how it's structured mm. uh, and how everything. Because I also got a sense of like elements of lost in there. Oh, okay, how, how so? Uh, um, well, Diner episode, perfect example of that because we see different angles by the end of it. Because we see Rose's angle All at right. the very yep. end because yep. they're coming up to it as everyone else is leaving. So it's sort of how everyone's intertwined with one another and mm. how uh every kind of story bleeds into everyone else's story. So mm. uh and just how again with the chapter breaks and everything, how Lost kind of did that with the flashbacks and different sort of um story angles and everything like that. So by I have started the second season uh, I'm definitely going to because I saw uh, the, saw the trailer for it and I was like, okay his son's got long hair now is yeah what's even happening with the stadium because of how it I'm not going to spoil how it ends and everything uh, but it's so like how everyone hyped up the stadium. I'm like, okay, we're going to get to the stadium. We're going to get to the stadium. I'm like, this, yeah. this isn't going to end well for anybody involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because
1: we no, love. no, of course not. Easy to get to in the center of town. This oh is disaster. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's absolute chaos. And how, like, all these, you know, uh, I want to know more about, you know, Spears. Spears had a really good story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, really, really good bingeable TV really Hmm. it's uh it's digestible it's definitely better if you just binge it uh because of how it i can kind of see how it'd be difficult to lose track of who's dead who's alive i mean because people people go in and out fairly quickly so if you miss something like oh where's that one guy oh he was just eaten like 13 seconds ago oh i missed that oh okay like uh like uh lance lance's whole thing it's like wait where is lance is he alive oh he mm-hmm. is there he is mm-hmm. okay so uh yeah i i don't know i felt like it's just i i feel like how that story is structured is best to binge mm-hmm. otherwise I, I don't know i feel like a person like me could easily just get lost but i'm scatterbrained as is but <laughs> yeah no that was that was that was good stuff that was real good stuff
1: so, yeah, so the reason I, I'm pitching it is because this is a horror show that's unlike any other, it's unlike any um, uh, horror movie as well or zombie movie, I should say, more accurately. It What I find really interesting about it is the different use of camera techniques throughout the entire uh, series and continues on to the second season as well is – at the start you kind of assume it's almost like found footage, but then it uses different uh, uh, like first-person and third-person uh, yeah. camera sort yeah. of uh, perspectives and angles and things like that. It almost, and then it will suddenly change to a standard sort of scene, like in the scene with that uh, CD nightclub where um old mate with the beard touched rose a bit too many places um and and uh at the same time what it also does because it's such a it's such a roller coaster ride you know it's just constant uh reaction to situations and just pure survival it's there's very little sort of you know weapons used in this film uh, sorry in the show there's very little uh guns used in the show as well so it's just complete um reaction and adrenaline filled binging tv uh the interesting thing i find about as well is by not by the characters not really addressing each other and finding out each other's names and all those sorts of things it sort of reduces them to pure animal instinct which is exactly what this show is about it's just about a Pure survival, pure animal instinct the the idea of what happens when a sort of an animal is sort of backed into a corner and how they react there 's definitely that narrative going on, but it also sort of celebrates what a zombie apocalypse could be like from different angles i mean you've got the the asian woman and not being able to speak a word of english you've got the you know the sort of the hicks that rock up you've got the the privileged white girl trying to find her daughter you've even got the the deaf guy in it as well who is an actor who's actually deaf so it it celebrates a lot of I guess um perspectives of what a zombie apocalypse would actually be like if if one actually happened in America um and at the same time it's there's the way the zombies act and react is more akin to 20 de- 28 days later and 28 weeks later zombies if I know they're not technically zombies but they're more like that as well so it's great for that too
0: Yeah well I I was going to go back to uh there there's a few scenes where it's lots of weapons it's all weapons all guns uh the rave that didn't seem like a smart place to hold a rave or a reasonable reason to hold a rave um no no uh, <laughs> um,
1: well i guess uh that rave um so the way i read that scene was it was in a biker like bar or something or like a um like a the headquarters of a, a bikey gang that's the right. way i read it Uh, having gone to some shows back in the day uh, at Bikey headquarters um, uh, to see bands and things like that. Uh, So that's the way I read it
0: yeah no that's uh that's not a bad take at all um it just seemed very unnecessary (laughs) it it didn't seem like something to be responsible about but then again you look at the global situation now and you see oh Mm -hmm. people aren't being responsible in the least bit of course they Mm -hmm. would do this right um yeah i i like how we establish rose as a main character uh jamie king or james king whatever she's Whatever she goes by right now. I think it's Jamie King. Uh, She's really good. Uh, I love the fact that she knew, kind of point blank, she's going to have to kill her husband uh, eventually. Uh, And how, uh, I mean, you set up her story there. And uh, Lance had a really interesting story Uh, son trying to find her mother. It, It really is like a, I guess, a melting pot sort of of just everyone really trying to come together. We have nothing in common except for we don't want to die or mm-hmm. become whatever these things are. Because at one point yeah. uh, the person wasn't bit, she just came back. Like she yeah. got hit by a car and then she just came back. So uh, we, we, you know, we, we still aren't hundred percent sure of why, why, you know, what's the cause here. And that's such a, it's such a minor point in these stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they kept it that way because it doesn't matter. It's it's the least of the concern. Much like how you said, they don't really care about each other's names. It's just, hey, let's go. Like it's it's reaction. You don't stop to make introductions when you are on the move like that. That's to get Aiden. Yeah, right, right. When you do have (laughs) right, Uh, obviously, if you are in the car and you are and you have that time, and you are, you know, you have time. Yes, you can introduce yourself, but it's never, it's never a, it should never be a um, priority in this sort Mm -hmm. of survival case so Mm. yeah Mm. Uh, that's my thought about that but really good tv and um like i said i'll I'll fire up the second season uh this week for sure
1: just going to add one more tidbit as well you you're aware of the z nation connection but because z nation is also uh connected to sharknado uh two of the z nation characters end up in a sharknado (laughs) yeah i believe it's either the third or the fourth one, they end up in there. So Sharknado and Z Nation are part of the same universe. (laughs) And so this show by proxy is part of the same universe as Sharknado. So let that spin your head for a a good half an hour. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, that also I completely missed. So good Lord.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right. Present your something readable.
0: So I gave you one of my favorite comics of the past, well, it's more than 10 years now, but I guess one of my favorite comics of the 21st century. We'll just do it that way. It's the unwritten volume one by um, Mike Carey and Peter Gross, who <clears throat> did such a great job of uh, Lucifer back in Vertigo books when Vertigo you know, was still around before it did its... Thing, uh, and I I love this series because I love literature, and you're able to pull things because it it wasn't it wasn't a lazy approach. I feel like you do no. have you obviously you do have the Harry Potter analog sort of in a way, and you can pull from literature without it being lazy. Sort of how like fables, fables got lazy. Uh, but you can pull from these characters and you can make them literally whatever. But I feel like you it it's more intelligent. There's definitely more you have to not be into, but I I I, I love Tommy. I love Susie. I, I love I love Mingus. Just what a cool like little little oh, is that the the flying cat? The winged cat, yeah. Uh, um, okay. And so just it was definitely just one of my favorite series and i felt like as i was reading it it kind. it should have been the um the air of sandman uh sandman's mm-hmm. heir, and you know it got all these Eisner nominations when it came out it got best new series best ongoing series uh but i i think it lost best new series to chew i think that was like the same year of that year but it still Brad, they yeah. stopped the oscar i mean the uh Eiser nomination stickers on the books and everything and it's one of my it's one of my favorite series so what did you think about this?
1: I mean, I haven't read the whole the whole series, uh, just going to put that out there. So I binge read the the volume uh this morning. So um I found it almost Lovecraftian in 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 areas. I found it almost
0: Yeah. It was kind of like yeah. if
1: um in the Mouth of Madness the film was crossed over with harry potter and i feel like that's what this is what you get um it's a very i guess question have been uh about reality what is real um uh, obviously family and secrets are uh definitely ongoing themes going on um that, i that, found
0: that latter one for sure
1: uh secrets
0: yes <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um uh identity you could say as well as also a theme that's uh, as uh what's the name of the main character again um tom, tom yeah oh it's tom isn't he doesn't like to be called well tom. right tom um, taylor Yeah. <laughs> also i found the the whole idea that there's a a character called tom taylor quite funny in itself um because of the um
0: <laughs> writer because uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> of the writer yeah um, but um uh i Wonder if he's aware of this series and if he finds that uh humorous himself uh, oh, anyway. yeah um,
0: he's he's definitely aware of the series <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so i found the uh i found the la- so let's start with the sort of the first uh comic that's collected in the volume i find i found that initially I found sort of what they were foreshadowing and the pacing of it to be quite slow um I found the 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 back the background of the character and his constant sort of uh, talking with uh, and going back with his uh, I guess his press agent or what have you or his his agent full stop um, a bit a bit on the nose at times but eventually it kind of bore a bit of fruit once he got through sort of the first half of that so that was okay um, I felt like. It really got into the meat and bones of what this was actually going to be when we found that there's this, um, uh, I've forgotten his name, but the, the character with the sickle that's stalking him, um, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, when when we find out that he somehow has a hand that sort of liquefies people, um, okay, that's fine, um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and then it started to sort of... Uh, question the whole is he sort of is he a character from another world has he was he written into existence um is he um is he the real tom taylor is questioned as well which i found um was a little bit like the whole uh in the mouth of madness thing with um, right uh with uh uh, the whole question of are we in our own world or are, are we in Sutter Kane's world? So I found that sort—I found that that kind of sort of tickled my fancy um, a bit,
0: right? You, you, that, yeah, because I, I love the mystery of sort of just. Uh, also, how cool is it that he had Frankenstein's monster as a bodyguard? yeah (laughs) (laughs) just weird shit like that that's just you're able to pull from this stuff i'm like that's really good goddamn um but i yeah i I love the whole ongoing mystery of um is tom you know what did this happen did his father take you know adventures from his son's life that he just doesn't remember now Mm -hmm. uh and but then you you know you have Mingus show up in the real world and everything sort of like comes together. It's like oh well okay right mm. gotcha gotcha. Mm. But I mean I I love how and I know this is cliche, but I I love how it is the power of stories. And I know mm-hmm. that such a such a Neil Gaiman like it's a bit of a story, isn't it? Just like yeah, it is. But I feel like it's something. It's you know it it's Tom taking over his father's legacy, you know, cause his father disappeared and he's selling the books as the character, but not really. And, and it, and it's such a, it's such a good fantasy series, but it's not really, it's not really what you would think of a fantasy series. And I think that's what you, when you, how you, um, related to Mouth of Madness. It, it is sort of like that. But, I mean, it, it's not a straight-up, you know, Tim Hunter story from the 90s. It's, no. Yeah, it, it's different, and it's how people react to the strange as, you know, an adult because a kid would react totally different, obviously. But there's no one really helping Tom this time around except for, you know, Susie and... Um, his other friend's name i'm trying to remember right now but I, I i i don't know if i agree with the pacing how you said the pacing is slow i feel like oh that's just the first issue i found that the oh, pacing okay bit, okay. Um, okay
1: not not the entire volume the, just the initial pacing i just thought that was um so i'm a big fan of comic book real estate and okay. inappropriate yeah. Yeah. use of stuff that doesn't need to be in there um, at the same time, I'm also a big fan of looking at film and TV and looking at it from the perspective of does that need to be in there or is that even adding to the story? I mean, eventually there's a payoff, which Carry redeems himself, but then when we get to the end of the volume, we... Have a story which explains sort of the inner workings of the, I guess that sort of secret organization that's controlling, I guess history and what's reported yeah. on through uh, literary works. Yep. And I found that just went on for too long um, in terms of what uh, the, I guess, and, and again, I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who's only read the first volume. So right. from just that perspective, it just went on for too long.
0: Okay. That's fair. That's absolutely fair then. But if you were talking about just the, the first issue, I was like, man, I don't know. The first issue I feel like is a solid foundation and hooks and hooks really well.
1: So I found the solid foundation was where issue two came into play. And then, but at the same time I found that um, as uh, in that, because I believe there's five comics collected in this volume I yeah. found that with that fifth comic, which is the one I'm talking to, that I think just the way that story progresses just goes on for too long. I found that that is where some people who liked the first four issues may have tapped out.
0: No, yeah, I totally get that.
1: So my something readable is Commanders in Crisis number one, which is out through Image Comics, and I'm assuming you've read this one because everyone seems to have read it at this point.
0: Yeah. I, I I read it um maybe like a month or so before it hit uh before it hit things. Um mm. so I had to go back and reread it. I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've touched this.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's a um it's an interesting look at I guess superheroes and what they can look like. Um I've only just like everyone's been talking about for ages and um so I finally got around to purchasing um just Think I'll I'll take the dive. Let's let's see what we have. And I just, um, it's an interesting modern take on superheroes and creating new IP. I'm not sure if I even like all of the characters, which is interesting for me. But then I want to read more about the characters. And then this isn't really pitching it, but as such, but it's just I I guess it's uh, interesting commentary on the the narrative of superheroes, the the arrogance of superheroes, the arrogance of the superhero genre, full stop, about how there's nothing really in this comic that wants me to, that really jumps at me. But at the same time, I feel like I want to read more to see where it goes, just to, just to see how it plays out. Now, I don't know if that's me as a comic fan, but... I wonder if this comic is relying on too too many other aspects of what is contained in it for it to survive. I don't feel like the, the story of the first issue has as much meat and bones as it probably could have.
0: We are definitely on the same page for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was, and I love Steve. Steve's one of my oldest friends in the game, and I... I, I love his works and you know, we, we have the Martian Manhunter team back together for this, but it was so, uh, it, it definitely, yeah, you're right about like, I don't even know if I like the, all the characters. No, I mm-hmm. feel like I didn't know all the characters because he had to introduce so many. So I just got like a small bite of their existence. And, but if it's, it, you know, it's, essentially the same character same sort of well at least how they're introduced mm. and you know the obviously the same sort of um, power that they hold uh, in their world uh, as uh, president and yeah uh, that was on the nose for me that was <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm Australian and uh, Australians by sort of by nature we're often, distrust distrusting of americana full stop and americanization and its influence on the world so you're not but, wrong but um <laughs> i'm just i just i mean i feel like for a lot of people who see that ending in the first uh issue just like oh they're all presidents well fuck this comic book i'll read something else um that's <laughs> that's it's just very it's just very arrogant um the the arrogance throughout this this entire uh, issue. I don't know if it continues on. And look, while the characters might be cool, I just find it interesting that I wonder if this got greenlit just on the credentials alone of Steve Orlando.
0: Well, I, I mean, David is a pretty solid artist. I really enjoyed what he was bringing to the table. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed their Martian Manhunter book. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, what both of those, uh, uh, what Steve brought to John, and mm-hmm. and everything like that, and yep. um, I I love what David you know has done in the past, and it's a very nice, clean. Um, I I like saying the word cartoony, but people consider that a derogatory term, and I wish they wouldn't uh, because it's what it feels like. Really. It definitely, yeah, it, 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 you'd be surprised when people would say, you know, when I used to review comics and stuff, I'd say like, oh, it's it's very cartoony style and I'll get, you know, a, a DM like, why a you in think, the morning. <laughs> right, it's just like, why, are you, <laughs> why do you feel like my stuff's <laughs> so cartoony? I'm like, because it's very animated looking, like this looks like a cartoon. That's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. It's like when um when Shainer was bursting on the scene and now his style has definitely, uh, you know, evolved over 10 years. But he has a very because he he's a cartoonist. Like mm-hmm. I, I consider him to be a cartoonist, and mm-hmm. I I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's a it's a bad thing at all. So when I say it's a very cartoony style, I I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, and yeah. some people can take that uh, as a wrong way, but no, I, I I like what David brought. I like I like the designs. They're very analogy. That's a word. I mean, it's, it's, you know, what they're trying to pull from in each one. And that's fine. It is, it is what it is. But it's definitely a, it was definitely a thing. I don't, I don't know. Image has this weird thing where they'll, they'll, um, especially for writers and creators who have been a big two before, they'll, they'll greenlit almost on the spot. And I've known many pitches yeah. to go through Image that are just greenlit just mm-hmm. from the uh, the pedigree evolved, and that's fine. That's how it's how fucking everything's made. Well, okay, well the you know, TV movies it's, it's 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 how things are made, and that's and that's yeah. not something to slam or you know to, to slander in any way. But it's definitely I don't know. I I, I read it. Uh, I really hope it does well, and it finds an audience
1: I mean I think it 's already found an audience um I know a lot of uh queer comics fans are really gravitating towards this series because it definitely owns sort of the uh the i guess the um uh the queer characters in this in this comic um, I just feel like there are just certain comics out there where the art seems to carry a lot of The gravitas of the story. And I feel like this is just one of those. And it's a interesting example of um of I guess just how unimaginative the the story of some superheroes are nowadays. Um yeah. I found it I found it an interesting um I'm never gonna get an interview ever with Steve Orlando after this feedback, but um Um, never, I, know. I, um yeah. never know. You never know. Yeah, he might pick up the phone and be like, uh, well, um, well, uh, here's here's why you're wrong. But I I mean, <laughs> I guess uh, uh, I guess there's uh, you mentioned before that um uh, people are getting, you know, certain comic book creators off, off the pedigree of their work, stuff just gets grin And I just say, well, I mean, is the comic book industry just to – bunch of whimsical yes men now is is that what we're at now is is that i mean no I, I, i wouldn't
0: say that i wouldn't go that far well it yeah
1: it it uh i i have a problem with stories that just rely on the credentials of the person writing them Not every story is a good story, and I feel like it doesn't matter how good a writer you get or how great an artist you get, not everything you create is going to be great. So, yeah, this hasn't been much of a pitch at all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's like to term it.
1: Um, um, yeah, here's my pitch. If you want to see if I'm wrong or right, go pick up Commanders in Crisis, issue one. It's been reprinted about uh, 1,100 times by now, so um, yeah. yeah, go check uh, it out.
0: Uh, a friend of mine, he, he just hit a... He's on a variant this week. My buddy uh, Dan Danhausen. He's, um, he's on the cover uh, this week. So they did a... They did a weird variant with him. And, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sure, let's go for it. Love it. Love Cause Steve's, you know, uh, Steve's a big wrestling fan like myself. So, um, mm. and, uh, Masters of the Universe fan as well. And so we both, we definitely both pull in references. Uh, and every, we, we wear our references and what we love on our sleeve for sure mm. easily.
1: Mm. Excellent. All right. Present your something listenable, Lan.
0: Okay. So, I, I didn't know if you wanted... Because uh, people had done songs, and then people had done like podcast recommendations as well. Anything so, that I can listen to. Anything that you can listen to. Listen to. <laughs> to, listen to yeah. So I gave you uh, one of my favorite podcast episodes, Pump of the Jam, with the eye-to-eye history, essentially, uh, from the a goofy movie. I'll tell you the chorus lyrics, although they're not going to do anything for you because the lyrics to the song are simply generic as hell. But if we listen to each other's heart... We'll find we're never
1: too far apart. So they share a heart. And maybe, maybe love is the reason why, for the first time ever, we're seeing it eye to eye. Yeah, Hammurabi's code. And again, if you can't hear in the way I'm saying it, the letter I, the number two, the letter I, which is, if you're wondering. And
0: it's one of my favorite episodes because uh, what a great song, song, what a great fun pop song, but also the history of the song and how it works so well. Mm-hmm. Um so if you uh, don't know anything about it, uh song by like Tavon Campbell, but basically it was produced at Paisley Park and it has right. Prince DNA in it. And how it's constructed, and this episode goes into how it's constructed, how it's layered, and uh going from the synth to the drums to the measures and everything. It it's just a very excitable song, and when I have treasured since i was like 12 so uh so i i learned so much about it from that episode and i know not everyone is going to appreciate this song i feel like it definitely is a sort of generational thing But, (laughs) but 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 it's still a great song it's a fun episode to listen to uh she does lose her mind a few times <laughs> throughout <laughs> the episode uh but um uh chris oh my god my brain is farting i'm sorry it's also like almost Fleming. yeah uh chris fleming's in it i love his stand-up i love his music he's so good in it and uh listen it to listen to the episode almost just for him. And then you go back and listen to the episodes that he's co-hosting and Mm -hmm. they're so good, but I love this song and I feel like it's such a, it's such an atypical Disney bop, uh, -hmm. that kind of should have been a bigger hit than it was. And the fact that it didn't make a star at a Tavon Campbell, the way it should have, I feel anyway, um, is it just service
1: (laughs) as as the as
0: power line so
1: all right uh my something listenable is irony is a dead scene ep by the dillinger escape plan uh with uh mike Patton guesting uh, on vocals throughout the entire ep
0: much of a mathcore core fan uh lan uh no um i listened to dillinger escape plan before but the fact that it's so weird okay so this is the first album pretty much after their singer left and yeah. he was replaced on this album but they had already replaced their full-time lyricist for like a whole year when they were on tour so it's yeah. uh, so i'm not too familiar with who mike patton actually was uh, oh, um, um,
1: the singer of Faith No More and Mr. Bungle.
0: Oh, duh. Okay, yeah, definitely Faith No More, yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, not to be confused with the <laughs> New World song. Um. <laughs> but, but uh, which is such a good song. It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite videos because I actually learned how to do the signing on that because they do part oh, of nice. this in sign language, yeah. Um, so, uh it definitely felt like something in my thrashing days I would have been able to do. Uh, I haven't thrashed since maybe, um, God, maybe 2006 at like a dragon force concert. So (laughs) like I said, I'm almost 40. My, my bones, my bones just get tired looking at it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I can't
1: I, th- I can't remember the last time I had banged at a concert. I'm <laughs> um, I'm usually near wherever the bar is as you know right, find a yeah. sort of a happy medium between bar and still being
0: able, able to see the stage and I'm good. Right. So um I'm pulling up the list again because I, I actually enjoyed one song construct. Uh the rest yeah. of it just it felt not like something I'd really just kind of blast away. Uh, yeah, but what I like, I like there was one. Let me go back to what I had, and I'm pulling up the Spotify again. So uh, Pig Latin, I really enjoyed uh, okay. the the guitar, uh, like slow intro to how Pig Latin was kind of actually constructed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Cog to Daddy was really, really weird. I felt that was just, is this supposed to be for Evil Dead? Like, what is, you know. Uh, well, that's this? an
1: aphex twin uh, song.
0: Oh, okay. This all makes sense. It felt, yeah, yeah. it definitely felt like something, especially uh, Hollywood Squares and When Good Dogs Do Bad Things, kind of almost had like a um, Chemical Brothers vibe to it. Uh, okay. At right. least just l- like uh, lyrically structured. Uh, um, yeah. So uh that's that's kind of my thoughts on that now. Like I said, I'm really um it, it definitely felt like a completely different vibe than what they were doing with um like uh uh calculating infinity. So yeah, oh, yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was completely different. I mean, but but this is only three, four years maybe after that. So mm. um yeah. It, it, uh, definitely just kind of different beginnings across the board. Um, but, uh, yeah, I finally just needed like, uh, I think I added, what did I add? I think I added something to like my workout playlist. I'm looking at the album again see what I just <laughs> added. I think I did actually add pig Latin to my, one of my workout playlists. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's definitely sort of like outside of my usual audio, uh, wheelhouse. Because uh, yeah. most of my stuff, right most of the stuff I've. Because uh, I, I can't, I can't listen to stuff while I write. I listen to stuff while I clean. <laughs> I just put it on TV. Uh, see, when I yeah. write,
1: I, I um, listen to a lot of uh, post rock, which is um, not sure if you're familiar with the post rock genre, but post rock is. It's basically instrumental, sort of progressive rock and progressive metal. So it's, um, it's real, it's kind of, it's almost like, uh, compositions and less like songs. So I actually listen to a lot of that. And I also listen to a lot of sort of, um, Sometimes like a drone sort of new wave kind of stuff as well okay. and electronica. So I just kind of, I'm like you, I can't, if it has, if I'm writing and there's lyrics in it, game over. I can't do it. Can't I just do can't do it. Well, yeah, so and if right. I do, I start I start typing in the lyrics of the song yeah. I'm listening to it. Just or I'll, I'll
0: just start humming and get distracted easily. That's yeah. why I put on I put on TV. Like I'm in the middle of like a am almost done rewatching Mad Men for like the three hundred thousandth time. But like so for like work stuff, I will put on like Philip Glass um, or like Destiny's soundtrack, mm. uh, video mm-hmm. game soundtracks. That's kind of that's yeah. kind of my big my big big thing. I love video okay. game soundtracks. Yeah. Um, I just uh my friend Jonathan just made a playlist for from beat 'em ups. So I have a beat-em-up beats playlist. Um uh, I wish I had an instrumental for my Super Sentai openings because I love the Super Sentai like whole series, especially. Some of these themes didn't need to go as hard as they did, but they do. They go pretty hard. Mm. Bioman's themes really good. Um Live man's seems really good. Um Nikers themes really good. Uh so, but I wish I had instrumental. Otherwise, I just start singing like in Japan. So that's why I do like, okay, well, here's Street Fighter. F- I'm just going down my Spotify playlist right now. First um, <laughs> Band Soundtrack, uh, Street Fighter V, um, Destiny, uh, other Philip Glass. Because uh, Philip Glass did this really good Dracula soundtrack. So mm. uh, for the 30, 30th anniversary, for the. 60th anniversary 70th anniversary they put the universal monsters uh universal movie monsters on blu-ray for for the dracula one there's a special edition that they have the original score whenever it's active there was not a lot of music to this movie but they made uh, philip glass redid redid the entire music for it and there's uh him playing him playing music for the entire movie and it's such a good score and but that's also me being really really into philip class and like Tangerine Dream I love Tangerine Tangerine Dream uh their legend uh, if you remember the movie legend the 80s fantasy movie legend with uh Tom Cruise uh-huh. Tim uh-huh. Curry
1: Yeah
0: there's two there's two scores you have the theatrical um Tangerine Dream soundtrack uh which is really really good but there's a special edition with the cause they wanted to do a um a more classical instrumental uh fantasy type. So they had Jerry Goldsmith do a soundtrack for it. And so there's right, a Jerry yeah. Goldsmith score to it. But there's it's really hard topping what Tangerine Dream did for that. Um but yeah, I um yeah, uh When I'm also not, I, I, I like, um, I like power metal, like really stupid power metal, like power. (laughs) I love power. Wolf blind guardian, dragon force, uh, the sword. Um, God, what's it? Hammerfall. Um, uh, there's a new one I just discovered recently. Um, beast, uh, the beast in black. That's a good one. Their whole album. What was their album? What was that album called? Let me do a quick plug that so uh, uh, it's literally just called uh, Beast in Black and their self-titled album go out and find that because it's really really good uh, also from yeah. Hell with Love so excellent well this
1: um, this EP I find is interesting because it's two very different but also similar sort of artists sort of converging and creating an experiment um, so I mean uh all music gave the out well, the EP, a four out of five, and it was. I found it came at an interesting time where um, it was between calculating infinity and Miss Machine for Dillinger Escape Plan. So mm-hmm. Miss Machine is where they just absolutely exploded, and then at the same time, it was sort of just towards the uh, sort of, I guess end of Mike Patton's real experimental phase with his voice. So I found that interesting as well. Yeah,
0: this was so... You said experimental, but it it was definitely... I don't want to say avant-garde, but it's definitely...
1: Oh, yeah, avant-garde would be accurate.
0: Yeah. um, I just didn't want to say that. It just sounds kind of bougie. Wanky. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it was definitely very avant-garde for what would come even when you put into like, um, I was never a big fan of this. I was already like in my 20s when this came up with Screamo bands and shit like that. Mm. It definitely yeah. kind of felt like there was this merging of traditional punk from like 70s uh, to what we would eventually get with bands. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Dylan
1: Escape yeah. Skype Plan is a 100% it's if rank if Frank Zappa was in a punk band, that's what you'd get.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yep. Or King Crimson or, you know. What, well, uh, it, it, yeah, because you can definitely hear the prog rock sort of uh, yeah. foundation to a lot of this.
1: Yeah, the, the usage of jazz riffs, the mixing of hardcore punk in, in the mix, it's there as well. Um, so let's do the verdicts. Now, Lan. out of all of my picks for any of those, you're kind of weird.
0: Yeah, Black Summer. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, wanna, I'm excited to start the second season. Um, I think we're both on the same page of what this story brings and how it's like people who might have been burned out on uh, Walking Dead. This feels yeah. like such a, a gut punch to mm-hmm. zombie yeah. genre like it's it's pure survival uh it's like 95 percent uh survival five percent drama because a lot of these dudes just end up as cannon fodder like you barely have time to even remember their names and you have to remember because uh, everything moves quickly especially those first three episodes everything moves so quickly because you're introducing to the characters and then by the end they're dead Mm -hmm. Uh, so it, it, it definitely feels energetic. It's, it's, I hate saying, uh, movie review jargon, but, uh, I'll allow this cliche this one time, high octane. It definitely feels like
1: high <laughs> octane. <laughs> I'm, I, I think hate you and right. I saw you had an eye on that I hate phrase, it. I hate like, it, right? Yeah. Ever since it's it was right. used on on um, Mad Max, uh, someone, some reviewer and critic used high octane um, action, yeah, in it and it's for that right. entire like the twelve months that pre- that kind of followed. High octane was used in every single review ever. Like it just,
0: but it's so every movie review
1: that had an action scene had high octane
0: in it. Right, but if it's an action scene, it should already be. It's fucking exciting. You don't need a high mm. octane to go with it. I mm. like. I like doing a uh, weapon grade. Like weapon grade is one of my favorite gadgets. <laughs> so like this definitely feels like a zombie. Uh, Walking Dead, like uh, on weapon grade steroids, like Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of like where I I I kind of put that there. But yeah, high octane. It's so, but it it's apt here. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and out of your picks, uh, my kind of weird would have to be. uh, I'm definitely going to check out more of the Unwritten. I think that's got a lot of. It seems to somehow sit somewhere between Sandman and uh, Lock and Key. Um, It's 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 kind of like somewhere in between that. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely, definitely more Lock and Key than Sandman. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: and uh, the only annoying thing is, though, I noticed that um, uh, like Fables is on my to-read list, and I haven't gotten around to it. And I noticed there's a crossover in future volumes, so that's slightly annoying. I'm going to have to read that as well. Um- <laughs>
0: I, I, I think you'll be okay. I think <laughs> I, I think honestly, you'll be okay. Okay, great. Um,
1: Psycho Goreman was lots of fun. That's just, it really is just fun for the whole family. Um, if your family <laughs> is, all over, is all over 15, it's uh, fun for the whole family. Right. And um, uh, I'm going to check out Punch Up The Jam as well. Yes,
0: please, please DM me when you get to that episode.
1: Excellent, shall do. All right, we're going to go on a quick sponsor break. And when we get back, we're going to talk to Len a little bit more about a project he's working on. Do you like horror? Do you like the supernatural?
0: The spooky? Do you like bone-chillingly, terrifyingly horrifying true stories of real life? But you're actually just a big baby like me. Well,
1: my name's James, and welcome to the Scared Shitless Podcast. Every week, I retell a terrifying true horror story to friends and colleagues, as well as hear their true-life horror stories and experiences. Join me as I go on a journey of ooky spookiness and scare myself shitless in the making. So, Len, you're working on your own comic book at the moment, correct? Uh, yeah,
0: there'll be a few... There'll be a few more... God what's july okay so something should be announced in august and then things get pushed back but i mean they're still they're still getting made so that's at least a good thing about there yeah but yeah i have um i have beast heart strikers uh on comixology with uh joe hunter yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah so it's it's our it's our homage to Power Rangers, Sailor Moon, Super yeah. Sentai, just in general, yeah. everything we kind of like about that genre, but it's there's a fun there's a fun I guess interesting twist that's going to be uh talked about. I guess revealed. Right. So, uh we haven't really yeah. gotten into it much with the story base, but DIY comics is hard, man. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fin- finishing up a uh, anthology um, that we're releasing um, through sodaandtelepath It's a uh, it's a uh, post apocalyptic anthology called "Producing the End of the World" and um, twenty writers, uh, I think fourteen artists, and I want to have a nap.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what a bundle of chaos yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so uh yeah i can uh i can appreciate that what's coming out next like what's the is it is it the um base heart strikers is that the one yeah or? so
0: we we just did we just abused heart strikers three um last month and i have a thing in deadbeats 2 with matt harding and mm-hmm. that's a nine by nine yeah yeah that's great that's great uh i have a thing let's see there's two big things i can't talk about now so right now it's back to working on um bhs and yeah trying to get that but yeah it'll be and then we have a major announcement coming for that soon so it's it's nice. it's hard man <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 it's so interesting when people are like, oh, writing's easy. Writing can be easy, but writing, I feel like if writing comes too naturally, it might not be good. So uh, yeah. I, I never did this for you know money. I feel like I just creative outlet, and it's definitely something. And people love it. People, where we're doing pretty good on comicsology uh, and everything. I'm taking everything back to print because I'm doing. I'm doing two shows. Um, I'll be doing Dragon Con in Atlanta, which is my uh, former yeah. home show. I'm I'm from Atlanta, but I live in Baltimore now. And yeah. Twin Cities. I always City- heard
1: good things about Dragon Con. That's, sure. the, that's kind of like the queer-friendly con in America. Is that, is that the one?
0: I mean, it's one of them. I mean, it's, it's super gay and super wild. But, yeah, it's, There's it's nothing it's, wrong with that. Yeah, no, nothing. It's never. It's not one thing. It's comics. It's pop culture. It's sci-fi. It's yeah. cartoons. It's literature. Um, but I mean, I've been going since you know this would be my. I've been going since like two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. So yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, um, and then Twin Cities Comic Con, the inaugural Twin Cities Comic Con in October. That'll be in Minneapolis. I've never been to Minneapolis. So I'm excited. So yeah. I'm taking everything by the print, getting merch ready, getting shirts ready, uh, and just kind of promoting that brand for while we can. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Now you've written WWE comics, no? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, which which run did you do? Was it the Boom Run? Or
0: yeah, I did the I did some Boom stories. Um, okay, I really hope
1: it's not one of the WWE comics. I, I Titan, I was it was Titan. Um,
0: did it at one point.
1: Um, uh yeah no I remember see my problem with wrestling comics and and i'm I'd like your opinion on this as well there's with other comics there's there's uh sort of like a um there's a stake involved. I don't feel like there's as much stake involved with certain wrestling comics that are based on existing wrestlers just because i mean we know what's gonna happen, don't we in a lot of cases a lot of um uh, I guess specifically comics based on WWE wrestlers, they just seem to follow the same, you know, whether they're, uh, you know, a baby face or a heel at the time that the um, the comic comes out. So what's your view on that, that, so that I, sort of dynamic?
0: I, yeah. So, I mean, basically, yeah, we, we have to work within the rules and stories that they've already told, but we work in between those. We right. work, uh, we work, Essentially off camera. What's going on off okay. camera? Yep. So that yep. was, that was, you know, that was my whole thing. I, you know, telling, uh, leading up to Shinsuke's match with AJ. Now to so, this...
1: so you're running the dark matches.
0: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, yeah. Give me some weirdos. Let's do it. Um, it's like my favorite dark match. I ever saw two favorite dark matches. I ever saw was a six man tag match with John Cena, uh, teaming with Dean Ambrose and God, who was the other oh, six man? But then it was against Rollins and AJ. But and then Midian and Gangrel at a random Raw in like two thousand. So <laughs> just,
1: I think it's crazy that Gangrel is still getting around. I love it. Love it. So <laughs> oh man, you'd God. have to be you'd have to be <laughs> carrying a grudge. You'd have to be. It, uh, I'm sure he's probably over it by now, but you'd have to be carrying at least a small part of your um, subconscious is still carrying a grudge.
0: If I remember Gangrel? Yeah. Oh, are you saying my subconscious has a grudge because I remember no, no, Gangrel? No, I'm <laughs> saying
1: Gangrel. If you're Gangrel, you're uh-huh. carrying a grudge. Oh, it's probably. A- yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If you're still doing it, yeah, absolutely. Um, But... Yeah, we we basically tell the story. Like, I mean, there's a few few matches I had to tell, but I wanted to get into like the psychology. Like I did Randy and uh uh Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. I wanted to get sort of and I treated it kind of like a uh, Greek, mytho- uh, Greek myth, Greek myths, sort of like a a whole story of them, kind of like what's going on, in Randy's mind what's going on, in Ricky's mind. Um, uh, I wrote uh undertaker origin story but i mean they you know they had a whole graphic novel dedicated to undertaker and his whole character so i feel like no we we definitely get to we definitely get to explore things i I don't think we're completely stoic in what we're able to do and how we're stuck with certain things i i I feel like that's the best part because i mean that's comics in general if you write a batman story here are the rules for batman you can't Mm -hmm. just you know do weird shit to Batman unless you, you know, want to commit to it, Um, which, you know, people have, and that's not a bad thing. I feel like if I'm going to go on a tangent, so I feel like it's one of those things where if you see wrestling as one thing, that's a very limited view. If you see it as just like a male, I hate even saying male soap opera because women, most women in my life love wrestling too. most women, non-bear, non-binary, femme presenting women, uh, people in my life. Um, so if, if you view wrestling as just this one thing, I feel like this is very limited because it's such a good storytelling media medium. And that's what, you know, I, I, I say, it's not a, it's not a genre. It's not a, it's not a, it is a sport. It's not, you're about to say sport. <laughs> I was about to say, it, it's, it's definitely a sport and how they, and what they do. It's the same way gymnastics is a sport it's the yeah. same, it still has a level of drama and flair you can present to it at the same time mm-hmm.
1: but yeah uh
0: there's long tour long term storytelling and yeah. if you ignore all of that it's sort of like treatment of batman batman can only be one thing to some people and like well he's a brooding detective and i'm like that's not man look batman's batman's been an astronaut batman's been in space batman has uh, time traveled, fought aliens and gods. He tricked angels. So I mean, no. I, Batman is many, 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 many things because it's he's whatever the story needs it to be. Hmm. And I feel it's like it's just brand-
1: not a good father figure.
0: Well, no, obviously that too. <laughs> but I also feel um, if you view wrestling as one thing, and if you just need it for one thing, I feel like that's limiting your own. Yeah your own grasp of it. So what we would do is, and I, I think that's, you know, when we're able to fill in the gaps for these things um, and able to explore certain characters in different ways and how they're presented on TV, because you're, you know, you're limited with your TV time. You're limited with these segments. We can go nuts with everything afterwards, as long as, you know, we get the okay with it. Uh, yeah. they yeah. they they approved wwe approved much more than they turned down and mm. for that yeah i i pitched weird shit to them mm.
1: so <laughs> i can't fault it's interesting because um yeah i i wonder if the the overall creative control that they they always that that we always hear that they seem to have that um as long as the over uh, as long as what you're, I'm assuming, as long as what you're writing doesn't affect what they're telling on TV, then it's no, it's fine, not no. at all,
0: no, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it doesn't affect because we've we've already done because you know comics takes a lot, you know, a lot longer to produce than TV, so mm. shit's already happened. We have mm. to take what's already happened and then build a story around that
1: uh gotcha gotcha. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah nothing was nothing was um coinciding
1: Mm.
0: everything was kind of like linear so they do Mm. shit and then we'd have to like you know months later okay well here's Mm. you know here's our story on that
1: Mm.
0: so um I, i don't know i feel like that's a lot more fun and plus we can again we can just do weird things what dennis uh serge and tim and um um, everyone brought to that brought to that table creatively it was just so fun. Um, a lot of the times, and um, like you know, they had Seth being haunted by Finn Balor's demon. Like, yes, fuck yes, give me more of that in wrestling. Give me more. Give me the more worst creativity. thing they
1: ever did with Finn Balor was <laughs> try and make him a sex symbol. As soon as they did that, ugh. It's horrid.
0: Not really, because look at that dude. Do it. <laughs> but, but don't do
1: that. Well, the thing is, he was already a good-looking guy, but, I mean, as soon as you start having matches, oh, okay, well, when they tried to make him more babyface, and it's just kind of like, no, I, I feel like this guy sort of walked the fine line between babyface and heel, and I thought he did that really well. Um, you
0: have a dude who looks like this whose alter ego is supposed to be he can summon a literal demon from Irish mythology and he's the mm. good guy? No! <laughs> what? <laughs> no, what are you Sounds doing? Right to me. <laughs> what are you doing? Like <laughs> Toxy-turvy
1: land, Land.
0: <laughs> I know. So, man, just it's so... It's just so weird when people were like, okay, well, we can't, you know, we can't have the, okay, well, Undertaker stuff's passe. I'm like, no, it's not. You just need to evolve it. Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt was perfect for that. Before even Fiend, before the Fiend, before the leader of worlds, Bray Wyatt was so good at what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And they neutered him for whatever stupid reason. Yeah, And that was... It was was interesting
1: because what they did to him was synonymous with what they did with Striker back in the late 90s, early 2000s. As soon as they did that whole sort of teacher thing with um, Stryker, he... Oh, that was like 2009,
0: 2010. Was it really that late? I feel like it was earlier. No, it definitely wasn't the Attitude Era, because he was one of the ECW uh, inaugural guys, I want to say. It's like him, Seamus, Yoshitatsu. The
1: years is in... In, you know, inconsequential. It's more okay, the, right. what, what they did with that character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where can people find you online, my friend?
0: Everywhere. I am everywhere. I am inside this computer right now. So yeah. um, easier. You're even,
1: a- I really hope you're not on the conservative um,
0: social <laughs> media platform.
1: Getter. Which, you heard of that? You're not on oh, that. I did hear
0: about Getter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was supposedly, <laughs> I thought it was like, Getter. No, but apparently it's a weird amalgamation of get together, and that is so mm. fucking stupid. It's so
1: fucked up. Isn't it's, it? it's, <laughs> it's, if you it's, all want to laugh your butt off, go to the look it up on your um app store um, and look at the comments. And every single comment is written as if it's Donald Trump. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, because I know he uh, had a few fake yeah. accounts, and I learned that he um he was trying to sue Facebook, Google, and Twitter today. And let me tell you. Uh, Rudy Giuliani's license <laughs> is also suspended in DC, so mm. he's got to get this whole legal team. But the best part is if these people decide to counter sue, they are going to, uh, I guess take him to oblivion, just mm. put him in debt forever. Uh, but going back to me, um, uh, I'm not on getter, uh, I don't think yeah. I should be. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a weird dating app too, which I also don't need. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you can Google. I mean, I like Twitter. I'm on random shit, uh, Twitter. I'm on Instagram. If you like pictures of my cats.
1: What Uh, are your usernames on Twitter? So the people know,
0: uh, Twitter is Pitstoff, P I double T S E D underscore O double F. -F 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 And then Instagram is just my name. L A N P A T T S. So cool. Come find me. Hit me up. Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk, uh, psycho gore, man. Let's talk power Rangers, whatever. Let's get weird. Yep.
1: That's it. And that's it for today's episode, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and review on wherever you get your podcast from. It really helps with the algorithm so that more people hear episodes just like this one. And so that they can learn more about getter. No, not really. No, we're not going (laughs) to tell you about getter. Um, Thanks very much for joining me today, Len. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we were able to make this work. And everyone, you know the story. Stay weird.